Welcome to the Future of Work, broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio inside the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center, where we will discuss how and where people work in entrepreneurial, nonprofit, and small business industries with your hosts, Kyle McIntosh and Al Loveland. Hi, this is Al Loveland here today from the podcast Future of Work. It's our inaugural ver- version. I'm here with my boss and partner, Kyle McIntosh. How are you doing today, Kyle? Great, great. Thank you. All. Yeah, what, what we're going to talk about today is, is, is the future of work. And here at Max 6, we have a lot of different businesses and a lot of different people coming in and working in commerce. And what we're going to try to do today is with, with this podcast is to share one of our members and how the member was brought into the space by his real estate agent. And we're going to talk about how the marketplace is going, how Mike is using the space, and how Steve is seeing the commercial real estate market and to get insights. And then we're going to ask questions and also kind of hear about how somebody likes a loser football team like the Denver Broncos. So, <laughs> and we'll find some personal stuff like that. So first, let me say hi to my partner, Kyle. Introduce yourself to everybody. Yeah, Kyle McIntosh, president and creative excitement of Max 6. And yeah, I don't know about the word boss, but we're partners on this show and excited to dive into this topic of the future of work. As things are changing, there are more questions than answers right now, but there are people who are really effectively doing what they do still. And I think it just goes to fundamentals as well as how do we navigate this new place? And so how let's let's figure out, you know, what are we seeing that works or doesn't work right now? Okay. Yeah, when I was thinking about um, like who would be our first guest, we're going to introduce Mike here first. And he was the one that jumped to mind because when he first came in, he's been here since July. And I went back and I said, teams coaching, what is that? And then he went back in and, and then he popped in and, and after dealing with a little bit of a, of a hot July, he's uh, beginning. But, but, but one thing about that has been great about him so far is he's really using the space, you know, as design. So Mike, take us through your background and, and take us to the point of, of what got you here at Max 6. Sure. So I am a former administrator at a school, a small school, nonprofit, private school, uh, working with kids with learning differences, uh, ranges uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. Uh, I worked at the school for 18 years, I started off as a teacher, and, and then went into administration for my last 13, coached all the sports, taught classes, you name it. But I really wanted to do was I wanted to, I felt that you know, I was ready for a transition. I think that, you know, after being in the school setting for so long, I was really able to figure out what it is that I really enjoy doing, which was working one-on-one with students and working with parents and kind of getting them into the best positions possible uh, when it comes to setting up their life, dealing with life circumstances, dealing with adversity and things like that. And so um, I kind of came up with the idea of starting up my own personal growth program for teens and for young adults. And so the whole TEAMS concept is, a, is an acronym for helping the kids with transition skills, with, which is the T, obviously. And then also the, uh, the E is for educational support and executive functioning. Uh, the A is for athletic mindset. So for performance-based, dealing with disappointment, tempering expectations, things like that. The M is for motivation and mindset, you know, goal setting, both short-term and long-term goals for the, uh, for the kids. And then also the S is for social coaching. And so I'm not just talking about, you know, how to hold a conversation. I'm talking about social etiquette. You know, I'm talking about going back to the old school manners and, you know, really building healthy relationships and, uh, you know, kind of coaching them through some of the situations that a lot of kids struggle with nowadays. And so I customize plans for each of the, each of the families and the, and the mentees, and it's been working out great so far. Okay. Well, thanks for that. And You've been a great model tenant so far, and we have to we we can thank Steve for that. So, Steve, take us through your background and what got you to get to introducing Mike to our space. Sure, Al. About um, gosh, three or four months ago, I got a call from Michael. He was referred to me by a uh, another broker who didn't really do what I do. I own a company called Cross Commercial Realty Advisors, and I specialize in commercial tenant and buyer representation. I don't list properties, which means I can take a client like Mike to any property in the Valley. Once I know his needs, find out exactly what he needs, identify the suitable properties, and then negotiate the sweetest deal we can possibly do. I've been doing this now since 1983. So this is almost my 40th year in the commercial real estate business. 
I don't love it. You don't even look 40. So that's one of the things there. <laughs> well, thank uh, you. For, forget the uh, future of work, the future of education. I mean, how are we going to have people that can do these jobs and create value if, I mean, that's really what you're working on, right, Mike? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's, there's so many things that you can do in school and within the eight hour days, but there are so many things that you cannot do. You know, it's just like school is set up for academics. It's set up for structure and all of those different things. But what our kids need nowadays is these life lessons, these life skills, how to be a good sibling, how to be a good employee, you know, how to be a good uh, uh, player on the sports team. And so all of those things, you know, people really try to touch on during the school day. But what I'm really trying to do is I want to normalize uh, mentorship. I want to normalize um, circumstances like this where kids are able to go and have a go-to person that's not necessarily a teacher or a coach, but just somebody that they know that they can depend on, unbiased, non-judgmental, uh, and that's going to be able to help them through a lot of life situations. It, Great. It, as you guys both described what you do, you spoke in a manner that spoke to uh they want to create a better environment for people that you're working with or a better situation for people that you're working with. And I'm curious for both of you, like earlier in life, was there something that do you, did you know that Steve, that you wanted to do this when you were a kid or Mike, is this what you heard? Did you just fall into this or was it, what is that driving force that's in you that makes you want to do this? I kind of fell into this, Almost by accident. I was a sales manager for a large corporation called MCI, no longer in business, but it was pretty popular back in the 80s. <clears throat> I was tasked with finding space because we were growing so rapidly. So off I went to find another floor for us to lease. And I found dealing with the brokers that they were really only interested in leasing their spaces. And there wasn't a lot of information available about what was available and so on. So I decided to transition from what I was doing as a sales manager for this large corporation into being what I at the time termed as a, a tenant rep, someone who helped businesses lease or buy commercial space. So I made that decision back in 1984. I've been doing it ever since. What I do, quite frankly, is to level the playing field between the tenant and the landlord. That's pretty much, that's pretty much my, my business model. For me, uh, this started way back when I was a kid. My dad was a coach, mentor, principal, counselor, I mean, you name it. And rather than growing up as a gym rat, I like to consider myself growing up as kind of an office rat because my dad used to take me to work with him and I would see him interact with these kids. And I would see the impact that his conversations and his demeanor and his approach had with these kids, you know, talking to them like adults, but at the same time having the nurturing approach. And I didn't realize it because I was just a kid, but it was really, really inspiring to me. And, and, and subconsciously, in my mind, I was just taking in all of these different types of things. But as a teenager, you're just like, man, there's no way I want to work in education. I, I, I'm trying to make money, like, you know, just like anybody else would. But as I got older and I really felt that it was a calling for me to get into education, I started off as, you know, like I said, as a teacher, um, but it was, it's always been the, the mentorship and the strong relationships between uh, what I saw with my dad and his students and his players um, that really inspired me to want to do the same thing. So I, I took a lot of that into my previous job. But, you know, again, going off on my own and, and trying out this very unique model has given me a chance to even dive into the, that even that much more. Steve, I got a question for you. Sure. How did you first hear about Max 6? And so when Mike called you, like, how did you know that Max 6 would be a good fit for him? Interesting story. I had just completed a, a lease with a law firm here at Max 6. It was for traditional office space. And while I was touring the building with that client, I met uh, Gabriel, your on-site guy, who was fabulous. He showed us around and introduced me to the co-working or the executive suite portion. That wasn't a fit for my client, the law firm. So once we did a deal in uh, what I would call traditional office space, I always kept this in mind, that if I ever have a client who's looking for this type of amenity-filled office building, that I was going to send them this way. When I got a call from Michael, he pretty, out, pretty much outlined what he was looking for. Uh, executive suites, reasonably priced. He was a startup and so on. So we had some, some particular elements that we had to find. So I prepared a research report, 
which included a bunch of executive suites, but I also included this property. And I included this the first one because I knew, uh, I knew what it offered, especially all the amenities. Put it in front of them. And quite frankly, this is the only one that we toured, isn't it? This is the only space that we toured. Once he met uh, with Gabriel and so on, he was so, this is exactly where he wanted to be. How's your experience been so far? Oh, it's been great. And, you know, Steve, uh, he was very thorough on the front end. Uh, what I loved about working with him was that he asked me the questions and he really cared about putting me in the right space. It wasn't about closing a deal or, you know, just having another, you know, box checked. This was a matter of just like, so who's your clientele? Who are you going to be working with? And then he thought about Mac 6 and he thought about, you know, um, some of the people occupying the other spaces because he wanted to make sure it was a good fit. You don't want to have a bunch of kids and teenagers, you know, coming in and out of a, of a law office or a medical office or something like that. And so I think his thoroughness on the front end was very comforting for me. And so when I came down, you know, I was just like, man, this sounds like a, like a, like a great setup, you know, and he really kind of spoke highly and a lot of praise about Gabriel and the way that he was very personable and all those different types of things. And so when I stepped into the building and I met Gabriel, uh, everything that he said, you know, came to life. I mean, you guys all know Gabriel. He's just very much into making sure that people are feeling comfortable and getting what it is that they needed. He took me all around and he showed me all the different uh, amenities that that Mac 6 has to offer. It was amazing. You know, here I am looking for an office. I could have gone to any other building and got an office space. But there are so many different things that I'm looking for as far as how I can make this the best program possible for the kids. And so some of the conference rooms and the, and the media space and all those different types of things fit exactly what, what I was looking for. It was almost like it was more than I was looking for. And so um, to be able to have access to those has really made it streamlined and easy for my kids and families to be able to find my space. I don't have to go and rent different halls for my guest speakers that come each month. It's all here in the same building. And so that's, uh, that's been a huge value add. It's, it's interesting. There's something being alluded to here that I'm just going to call out in the market. And it's something that Max 6 is attempting to address, which is in commercial real estate or many types of uh, transactional relationships that start out like mm -hmm. that you're sitting on the opposite side of the table from someone and against them that you're negotiating against. And what I was hearing from you, Steve, that is working for Mike, that is working for Max Six, is hopefully working for you too, is let's all pretend we're on the same side of the table. We're aligned with our interests. Mm -hmm. The space is a small piece of this. The space needs to work. It needs to be the right square footage. It needs to be the right ability to use the space. But really... How do we help teams coaching grow? How do we help Mike take this to the next level? And when we're all sitting on the same, same side of the table, having that conversation, okay, there's a financial piece of this, a transaction that's going to make it make sense, but it's not really about that. How do we speak to that in a way? How do we talk to the market in a way that changes that narrative so that, you know, it's not just max six, but uh, anybody that is, looking for space feels supported in a way that it's not just about this 10,000 square feet. It's about, I can take my vision for this company and take it to the new, a new level. I think it's the approach. It's the people. And I think that Al's done a really good job of building community here and making everybody feel as though, even though everybody's kind of coexisting and coming in at different times of the day, there's still a cohesiveness that you, that you feel. I've only been here for a month and I can already feel that. So when you have that 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 feeling or that thought and that approach, you know, whenever you're talking about expanding, I know that I would be able to come to Al or to Kyle or, or to Gabriel and say, hey, man, I need a couple of more office spaces. How can we make this work? And I know that they would do every, you guys would do anything that you can to make sure that to configure it, to make sure that it works. And so it's not just everything just in a square box, you know, it's just like, how can we be flexible? How can we work with them to make sure that this, this and that? And I got that feeling right away. And so I would be comfortable coming up and, you know, asking if that was, you know, when it gets to that point, you know, what could this actually look like? Because I mean, there, obviously there's plenty of space here and there's a lot of flexibility. And so I think the relationship building that you guys really emphasize at the beginning is, is, is the best way to do it. So. Thanks for the kind words. And Steve, a question for you is post-pandemic, the, the nature of work's been changing. And one thing we hear in a lot of tourists is saying, 
you know, with working from home and things, people are saying, I, I've got all this square footage that I'm not using anymore and it doesn't make sense. Are you seeing that? And what are you seeing with companies? Are they looking to, to downsize? What things we see in the marketplace right now post-pandemic? Yeah, you know, I'll call that, I call that right-sizing. <clears throat> There's a lot of sublease space coming on the market, but it's generally on floor plates that are maybe 10,000 square feet and above where a lot of the folks, the employees, decided, I really like working out of my house, and I don't have to drive. I don't have to really dress up. I think that's short-sighted thinking for the employees because as, land, as, uh, as employers are downsizing, they realize they may not need as many employees as they did before. It's too much is short. Small to medium-sized businesses, they don't see much in the sublease market at all. But right-sizing happens when a, when a uh, lease is coming up for renewal, and the landlord has been thinking, gosh, no, not the landlord, the, um, the employer has been saying, thinking, my gosh, a lot of my people don't want to come back to work. So let's downsize. Let's go from 10,000 square feet to maybe 2,000 square feet and then use places like Max 6 and other executive suites if we need a conference room and so on. Curiosity, are you getting more people coming to you in the market that have the answer to that 2,000 square feet question or have questions of, I was in 10,000 square feet. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do now. I've got more questions than answers on who wants to come back to the office or how I would even manage a 2,000 square foot space with 10,000 square foot worth of people. Are you working people through that process? Sure. You know, the sweet spot in commercial real estate is 1,500 to 2,500 square feet. That's where most of the spaces in just about every building are. In fact, I think that's the case right here at Max X. The larger buildings who, who wanted at one point the large floor plates. They wanted the 10,000 square foot tenant and the 30,000, the full floor tenant. They're not looking for those folks anymore. A lot of these large buildings, in, in my experience anyway, are saying, fine, I'm going to welcome that 2,500 square foot tenant. And I want a bunch of them. Because if one or two of my smaller tenants happens to leave, well, that, that stings a little bit. But if a 10,000 square foot tenant leaves, I'm in a world of hurt. How do I replace that tenant? Because there's not that many 10,000 square foot tenants and above that are looking for space. Yeah, the one thing that we're looking to lean into here is to really work in that hybrid work model where, mm -hmm. like in a lot of cases, we have a company here where they come in maybe four or five times a month, mm -hmm. but it's a space for them to come hang out, to, to build that, um, that teamwork. And then with our conference room space, they come in and, and they have game nights and they really use the space to kind of keep that team camaraderie together. But as you said, a couple of them live up in North Phoenix and they don't have to drive that 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so one thing we're looking to do is we're looking to create um, these flexible things where it, it comes in and, and they say, you know, what do you need and how can we help you facilitate that? Mm -hmm. And with our conference room space, um, one thing we're working on now is we're, we're, we're calling them room usage agreements mm -hmm. where a company may want to come in and use the space for X number of hours a month and we create a specific uh, program for them. Or if, if somebody wants to come in, we're, we're testing for drop-in rates for, for people to be able to kind of pop in where they come in for, you know, a couple times a month, and we build these things specialized for them. So they, ha they have a place where they don't have to go back and sink a lot of m money into long-term, because again, from a cost standpoint, why spend X number of dollars if we're never going to use it? Mm -hmm. And so one thing we're trying to do is to create that win-win where, you know, we're getting that... Um, we're giving them that the place to be able to come and do their business. They're having a place to be able to come in and, and uh, create that teamwork. And then the other thing we're working on is uh, one thing that's a 2025 initiative is that growth piece. Because a lot of times business owners come in and they, they are very passionate about what they do, mm -hmm. but the business one-on-one stuff is not something they actually learn in school per se. And being able to go back and the one thing I found in my days as a, as a consultant is, you might know what you want to do, but how do you then turn around and create the skills to be able to teach those underneath you to be able to do that? And so part of what we want to do as we bring our tenants in is to be able to help them run their business, but also be a place where they learn to grow their capacity of themselves and their people, and they grow their business. And so from the standpoint is, is that we're creating a, an environment where they can come flourish rather than just a place to come do business. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing we're working on now. So Mike, I, I got another question for you is, you've been in, you, you alluded to it before, is what are some favorite things that you have about the space? And like, how are you using it? And what things that, do you found that like, wow, this is pretty cool? Or what things ha haven't you used yet that you want to use going forward? The way that my 
program is built. I have uh, one-on-one sessions twice a month with the students. We also have a monthly guest speaker uh, that comes in and I serve dinner and, you know, they have a Q&A and some social time. I also have uh, social events. For those different events, I need different size spaces. You know, you don't want to go into a room that's that's so big that it's drowning everyone. And in some cases, you need a bigger space depending on how many people are going to be there. But Max 6 offers rooms of all sizes. And so whether it be the large conference room, whether it be the media room, whether it be a, you know, kind of a smaller one-on-one space, there's so many different things that we have access to, uh, which makes it a lot easier. And like, just like you're talking about, I mean, the whole thing is about being flexible. I mean, again, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. The pandemic changed everything. And so people are trying to utilize space in different ways for whatever works for them. And I think that you guys are on the cutting edge of, you know, being able to figure out how to maximize that and meet the needs and be flexible. And uh, that's that's what I'm enjoying the most. That, that wasn't something that I, that I expected when I first came here. I was looking for, a, you know, the parameters of what we were looking for as far as an office space. And, you know, maybe I can use a conference room here and there. But you guys have it all structured out where, you know, you get certain credits per month for all the different things that you're able to do. There's some things that sometimes you just don't even know what it is that you need until it's presented. And it was presented right away, which is why I only needed one tour. That was it. So I, I knew exactly where I needed to be. And, uh, and it was here at Max 6. I probably shouldn't say this into a microphone, but I'll say it anyways as I'm running a business here. But I think of this as like an entrepreneurial lab. And it, there's sort of experiments going on based on the market and what's going on with the economy and business. And so one of the cool things, to your point, sometimes you come in, Mike, and we don't even know the value that we could provide. And so I think it's all about that question, right? Like, what what do you need to grow? What do you need to achieve your objectives? And then is it really that or is it a version of that that is a different route around that? How do we achieve that? And so, I, I mean, I think that's the uh, that's a big question with everything right now is, you're right. The pandemic changed everything. And what it seemed to change that's a little bit scary, I think, is and it is the people working from home is a piece of it, is that devoid of purpose, everything becomes about convenience. And so reconnecting employees with meaningful work, with the work that they do, it doesn't matter if they're in the office, out of the office. We're gonna we're coming to a, I'm sure. 10-year point after the pandemic, a reckoning of productivity and things that really we missed the ball on with this working from home and in person as we're figuring this out. But the way to do all of this more effectively is not to just manage quantitatively, do I have to have a person in 20 hours a week in home, 20 hours a week in the office, but how do I connect that person more directly with the purpose that this business has and with their own personal purpose? That has nothing to do with this space. We own a box here that's like a entrepreneurial lab. We get to fill it with people that are asking these questions. And I think that's, that's the fun thing to do every day is really, what do you want? What do you want out of life? And I think business is sort of missing that right now. May I absolutely a comment to that? The way I look at Max 6, and I see a lot of properties every day, is that this is ideally set up as an incubator. You didn't use that word, but I think that's what you meant. People like Michael, a startup. There's so many amenities here that you wouldn't find in traditional or typical executive suites, sometimes sometimes called co-working spaces. And it's all right here. But the beauty of Matt 6 is that is the flexibility. You folks have already talked about this, but Michael can use as much or as little as he wants. And when he grows, you've got enough other space here that he can grow into it seamlessly. It makes it real easy. I have a feeling that Michael's going to be here for many, many years. You better be, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have, a, I have a funny story that I'd like to share. When you're talking about just opportunities that you have by sharing space with other with other organizations, the other day I had, um, I was finishing up a meeting and I was talking to the mom, uh, you know, about the session that I had just had with, with a student. A lady was here for a business coaching meeting with one of your other tenants. And, you know, she was waiting for her husband to come jump her car. And she was just like, kind of just like kind of listening to the conversation that we were having. 
and it caught her interest. And she, you know, knocked on the door after and we were able to spark up a conversation because what I'm doing is something that she would be interested in for her seventh grade son. And so we were able to have this conversation and those situations would never happen if I would have done this out of my home or, you know, if we didn't have, you know, the opportunity to kind of just run into each other. And so I think that along with just being able to kind of see people down the halls and, you know, after a month, you start to recognize people, get friendly with them, say hello, exchange stories, exchange business cards, things like that. And I think that's just, it's healthy. And that's one thing I want to share back to my manager that as a management consultant is, is that there's always clients out there that need your business. And the one thing that we were going to go out and strike here and, you know, part of us as, as being ambassadors, because we also have um, groups here, uh, a group called Alliances the Tempe Chamber of Commerce, Local First Arizona. And part of what we want to do, especially um, in the next few months as we get out of this, the summer season here, we, we get to more, you know, whether where we want to go outside is to be ambassadors for you and to be able to go back and say, you know, one of the things about being a small business owner is you network a lot. And a lot of times you don't have a lot of time to network, but we also want to be places where we're out selling the people in our space. And one of my main goals in my position is to bring you work and value. And so from the standpoint is by coming in here, if this is a marketing piece for you where you get revenue, the place where you pay at a certain point, you know, the ideal is to make that be a net net positive. Because I know one thing that I, um, when I was here, because my background, I was a consultant, I was here since 2018. And, you know, the first few, few months I, I did work out of here, but then after a while, people start, I started having those conversations and they said, well, maybe we can go ahead and start doing some work. At a certain point, when I start going back and doing my numbers, I was breaking even or being plus for what I was spending here. And a lot of times when people come back and business owners say, oh my goodness, that's an expense. It's X number of dollars a year. But when you go back and you add the positives in through the revenue that you get in, through the relationships that you build, and from the knowledge that you get, again, people aren't going to be knocking on your door at your house. And if they are, you got to go back and say, okay, what's happening here? <laughs> so it's... So it's something that we want to go back and kind of share that vision with other people. And that's why I appreciate you sharing it because that's exactly what we want to have is to say that, you know, when I come in here, it's fun. Right. I'm having a good time and I'm going to have a lot of fun next month when the Broncos are like two and six. I'm going to pick <laughs> on you too bad. But, but from the standpoint, Steve, um, you had mentioned this before and it was, it was interesting. You said that the executive suite, take me through like from, from a real estate um, viewpoint, an executive suite versus a regular suite versus a co-working desk. What does that thing mean to you? And, and when you're talking to somebody, how do you know that, that, that they're a good fit for that? Okay. It's a combination of things, Alan. Executive suites, we used to call any space that has a bunch of small offices and they're releasing them out to different people. We used to call those executive suites. Well, a couple of years ago, some of the big players decided, let's change the name to co-working. I'm not sure why they did that. I really like the, the phrase executive suites. Uh, co-working implies that you've got a bunch of long desks. People come with their computers. Perhaps they sit down, they do a little work, and then they leave. Not a whole lot of collaboration involved in that. Executive suites, on the other hand, especially the, the business model that we have here at Max 6, is a lot different than that. So when I talk to a client, and oh gosh, I've got almost 3,000 clients now, when they tell me what they're looking for, it's pretty easy to decide where to, where to try and place them. Of course, I give them a, a selection. Here are all the executive suites or co-working facilities in the Valley. But here are the ones that I think will be best suited for your particular business model. That's why we ended up here with Michael at Max 6. The interesting thing, I've been thinking about this for 13 years. You, you've said two things, Steve, that have got me thinking about it again. We started Max 6 as a business incubator. That is what we were. Fine. And we spent years debranding that term out of us because people had a specific understanding of what that meant. A version of co-working is long desks and, and a lot of people working there in and out. But it is what we are. And we still invest in companies. We still have operational consulted, consulting work that we do with companies. We still... My job every day is not to necessarily sell more space. It's to stir this cauldron of people that are in our spaces and make those connections like you're talking about, Mike. I think that's going to be one of the biggest things that changes in the market is that people are going to have to get more specific about 
what their real value proposition is because this has to be even in co-working let's say there's 40 spaces in metro phoenix now that means such different things to each space that you couldn't you would be providing 30 different options for co-working that are also really this one's really a marketing driven if you're here you're a part of this uh, bigger agency and this one max 6 is a entrepreneurial community for growth. I, I come here every morning and think this is simultaneously the most and least expensive MBA you could ever get. It's just hanging out around here. Are you having to navigate through all that to really understand the core of what each of these spaces are? There's some standard like traditional real estate is kind of, you know, A class, B class, C class and, and easily understandable. But the rest of it seems so much in flux. Is your question the difference between executive suites and traditional space? Just how much how much navigation are you having to do through people are calling themselves co-working spaces. People are calling themselves incubators. They're calling themselves executive suites. They're calling themselves all kinds of things to sort through all the, all right, the branding part of it to say, how do I create a real fit here with the environment I'm putting someone into? I understand. Because I've been doing this for so long, I've been in just, just about every building in Phoenix. So I, I really know what they're like. I know who the brands are, the big players in the executive suites, co-working space. So I know what they have to offer. Pretty much those, uh, those big floor plate organizations rent you a room, they sell you a telephone, maybe some internet service, and then they start charging you for every little thing. They nickel and dime you to death. Boy, that's a, that's a kiss of death, especially for a startup like Michael. You mentioned entrepreneurials. Anybody who's in business for themselves needs to watch every single dime, every single nickel, every single penny. Do I really need to make another color copy? Maybe I could do that in black and white. Gosh, there's even a fitness facility here. So when Michael, look at Michael, he's huge. <laughs> when Michael needs a little time out, he can just go to the gym and work out. And I think you have personal trainers here as well. So um, it's pretty easy for me to place someone like Michael in the space where he needs to be. When Michael described what he needs, this is the first place I thought of. But I put it on the list with all the other ones, and I told him the pros and the cons of each. As Michael told you, he showed up here first. That was the end of his tour. You had everything he was looking for. One of the things that I was skeptical about, you know, you think about some of the, some of the other kind of more well-known um, co-working spaces. I didn't want to be at a different address every day. You know, I didn't want to even be in a different office. You know, when I, when I have mentees, they need the consistency and the structure. And so for me to be able to have the same office every single time that they come, I mean, that's, that's huge to me. And so, um, yeah. Take us through how you designed your office. You know, like when you sat down there, you looked at it yeah. and you created your own stand with, tell us how that made you the, the process of doing it and how it made you feel. Yeah, it was, it was, Therapeutic, to be honest. I mean, seriously, when you're somebody, when you're somewhere for 18 years, you really want to. And and I got the blessing to be able to really make it my own. And so, you know, I just kind of really kind of customized the place into um, something that I always wanted. Uh, you know, from the color scheme to just the way that everything's set up to having a big big screen TV in there. That's a quote unquote projector, but it's really, you know, a place where I could watch sports center between, uh, between clients. And so I think just having a place of my own that I was really able to kind of individualize, it was huge for me. And, and, and again, to be able to have the permission to be able to do that was, was, was big. So how do you think of this space? Like I'm coming into the office when you come into your office, is it like that, or is it more, is it something else? Like I'm coming into my place. Right. This is, this is where I do what I do. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just Mike showing up to do what I do. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And so, and that's what I want because, you know, a lot of the kids that I work with, I, I didn't want to make it seem like a, like a therapist's office or like a, a counselor's office, because that's not, that's not what I do. This is just like, this is my place. Just like you said, you know, where the guy, where the kids can come and kind of hang out, have open conversations. And so that's the way that I look at it. And I think the the vibe and the feel that we're getting from the other coworkers and people who are, you know, passing in the hallways, everybody kind of has that same kind of feel to it. And so it's just, it's just very comfortable. It's a, I mean, I would love to ask this question to everybody and how they perceive their office space, the, the law firm that you brought in, Steve, is working out great over there, uh, seemingly. And I think a part of the, the draw for them, too, was, okay, I have this 
traditional office space with certain square footage, exactly what we need. But it's not just about that. I don't want to just show up to the office. I don't want to have to every morning think about the grind of having to drive through traffic to show up to the office to do a job. It's how do I wake up excited to just do what I want to do? This happens to be a place where I can go to do more of that and be around people. Even in the enterprise suites, it's interesting. I'm seeing the shift where, you know, I don't know if they're ever going to just leave their doors open and hang beads so they can talk to each other as they walk by kind of thing. But there's this craving for connection and learning and opportunity that's out there that I think has just been missed in the past. And that's one thing we're working to do is to do fun things. Like I remember back in my time at Chase, we had a budget to go do that. And as you were saying, as an entrepreneur and starting out, you don't have that budget for fun things to be able to go out. And um, a couple of things we've done here is we've had a, a single to mile party where we went back and we fed everybody here. We're going to have a thing on the 14th where one of our tenants, Tiger Mountain, that has one of those uh, urban gardens. And we're going to go back and we're going to say about what we're planning in the fall to go back and have something where we have the vegetables and things that they're, the fruits and vegetables that they're planting and say, these are the things that you could do to be able to eat off of it. We had a, we went back and we surveyed our community members for family feud and, and, and we're going to have a, a tournament after Labor Day where we're, we're going to have people in and depending on how big the budget is, we're going to go back and have, uh, you know, lunch for the teams and have the teams kind of connect. And it's something where it's, it's over to lunch hour because people have got to take lunch, but it's something that's fun that like, when you come in and it's something interesting that they come in because let's face it, some jobs are drudgery and it's just like you come in and it's like for the people that are working there with you, if you can create some fun and buzz about coming into the office and we can do that for you rather than you having to go back and pay for that, then it makes it fun for the people to come in. And then again, what Mike said before about kind of thinking about ways that we can kind of connect people together. Pre-pandemic, we used to have these community lunches where people would get together and then you'd connect with other people. And that's like where networking is, is that you say, oh, we've got this connection. Let's get together. And that's another thing that like for myself, when I go around, you know, my nickname here is the mayor. So I go around and I talk to everybody and I, I kind of listen to what they have to say. Because again, like what you said before, Steve, is, is that my job is to be a connector and to say, oh my goodness, you're having a trouble. You should talk to Mike. You've got a, a teenager who's having some troubles with certain like this. Here's Mike's car. Go back and talk to him. And that's something that I want to be that advocate, but then also like ha- having a place that's fun, you know, it's something like, when, you know, one thing we're going to buy here at the end of the month is we're going to buy one of my guilty pleasures in life is I, I like to watch professional wrestling. And so uh, yeah. we're going to get a max six belt. And so when we have, uh, so, so when teams or something like that, and, and also Mike, we're going to have like a co-working or, or individual team where we get people together so you can kind of compete for that. But we're going to do fun things like, and, and like in the past, we had a great, uh, our previous community manager had things where we went, we did hikes, we went down on the river and it's things where, you know, uh, I've always wanted to go down to a place down the street on, on boulders where we could do a trivia night or something like that. We just go back and you connect. And so there's, we, we have some companies that are really big. That's not, they have their own cultures, but when you have a smaller business and you can't do those things amongst yourself and you, you can kind of get together and, and work in that group entity, then it creates that stuff that, because if you're doing work all the time, that can get draining. But if you have fun every once in a while, that really helps out. May I add a comment to that? Absolutely. What you're describing to me is collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I've been in lots of buildings. I've seen lots of executive suites. And the one thing that most of them have is a landlord. And the landlord says, here's your space. Here's how much it costs a month. Your rent's due on the first. So they're a landlord. And that's how they're perceived. The way I look at Max 6 is you're, and I'm going to help, hope you, hope you can understand the word I'm about to say is, I look at you folks as being more of a land friend because you really reach out. You're concerned about their success because their success is ultimately your success as you grow and so on. Absolutely. This, and we talked about this a little, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit in the beginning, but as Max 6 grows, I don't want this story to be about Max 6. We can be an invisible entity that stands on the shoulders of greatness of all of the companies that have come through and been a part of this. And that it's all about the connections. It's all about the working together and the collaboration and the, we are a landlord functionally as a part of what we do, but it's, 
it's that's that's everything we do. Every time we're on a hike, I'm with Al, Audrey, Steve, Chrissy, Robert. But these are uh, Robert's working for this company. Steve's working for this company. Al wasn't yet consulting for us. And so as we're we're on a hike and it's, you know, we're doing this functional thing of climbing up a mountain. But while we're there, we're learning things about each other, about business, about all. And that's, I mean, these things are fun. These are the most valuable things you could ever do is connect with other human beings who are smarter than you in a, in a certain area and learn from them. I think that one thing that's really important, you know, kind of looking from a macro level and from a perspective of what it is that I'm doing, we're, we're in a real uh, crossroad right now with our, with our kids and the way that they choose to spend their time. Uh, we're really battling with isolation and kids just jumping on their video games, you know, closing the door and feeling like they have a community because they're talking online, but there's nothing like live in-person connection. And so if you couple that with the post-pandemic, you know, everybody wanting to work at home and, you know, not having those, we're, we're at risk of really kind of losing that, you know, as a society. And we don't want that to happen. Again, I'm like jumping on my soapbox, but the way that you guys are running this operation and really kind of encouraging that connection, I mean, it's, it's very unique, you know, and it's, it's, it's selfless. And I think that it's really going to help, you know, kind of more than just the people that are in the building, but it's just like, this is what we have to be able to promote for our kids coming up because we don't want them to just think that, okay, so you're just going to go from a kid who plays video games all the time to then you get a job and you're just going to work from home for the rest of your life. Then you're not even going to be able to make eye contact and you're not going to be able to like, you know, carry on real conversations. And so I think the whole situation is is bigger, but you guys are doing your part here, which is something that's very much appreciated. And Steve, thanks for that point because the about like a landlord, because like a lot of times your landlord comes in and they see you and they may not follow up like when your your air conditioner's not working or things like that, like like sadly having the mic, but we we track down and figure out what the issue is. But the other thing I think with with Kyle and myself is, is that, you know, Kyle can kind of talk about his training in the, uh, the EOS model and things like that, is that we're not people who don't have business backgrounds. And I was sitting down with someone yesterday and, you know, being a management consultant for the past 12 years, being a, having a master's of management. And then, you know, the co-owners, you know, Scott, who uh, you know, ran a successful business and things is that we have people that can mentor and also kind of have that conversation where they sit down and say, I've got this problem. And as I sit down, well, let's talk about it. And guess what? We're not going to charge you for it. And like when you sit down and have that conversation, because I, I think as everybody knows is that there's that one thing that's bothering you. And if you give some money that, that, that solution or something like that, that, that's able to kind of click that, then they're able to take that and, and move their business forward. And if you have somebody that you can trust that cares about you flourishing mm -hmm. and cares about you growing and also cares about you doing it in the right way, because you know, there's a lot of businesses out there that, you know, aren't really um, the best per se. And, and so what we want to do here is, is help everybody to, to aspire to, to be that way. And, um, the one thing that we're working on is that we're working on is, is a growth academy is that we go back and, and the main thing that I really want to help us focus on is there are a lot of groups that focus on the business owner. And there's a lot of things where we can point different partners to. The one thing we really want to work on is are those groups underneath them. You know, when you want to grow at a certain point, you run out of time. There's only X number of people that you can coach during the course of the day. You can't be 24 hours coaching because you've got a family and different pieces. And, I always went back and said, you had a business to run, you've got your family to raise, you've got your community to serve, and you also got to maintain your emotional, spiritual, and physical health. Mm -hmm. And the things that we want to do here is to be able to help owners do that and flourish as individuals and not burn themselves out while they work and grow their business. And in, in order to do that, it's those people underneath that you grow their capacity to be able to help you grow. And you basically just teach like the business fundamentals. And, you know, Kyle has a great term that I can't think of right now and that you said last week. Which, which one? Oh, yes. There's a lot of them. I forget about them. But it's uh, but it was something about, about the, the discipline of business and about, you know. That, that our role going forward is to become stewards of profitable growth and through discipline, stewards of profitable growth through discipline. Because I think that to, to all this, let me back up and then just go back to what you asked. Mike, you said a hot button word for me that I want to start because even pre-incubator, 
the first ever idea of something that would come together here was soapbox and it we are losing community spaces in the community the uh, decline of the church in various places where do people gather and so the training room the big uh, meeting space upstairs 100 people could go in there there's a big red pole coming down right in the corner and my first ever idea is that square foot is the most important in this entire building because that is where the soapbox stands that people can come in here and spread and share ideas and have respectful discord and figure out and this is to go back to what we were just talking about how do i connect a vision with reality and so the role that we're playing as stewards of profitable discipline for growth is with uh, how do I vision without traction is hallucination. How do I get traction? And so I might be able to take it here and I've got it to where I've got a name, I've got a few clients, I've got something that feels great, but I'm spinning my wheels, I'm spinning my wheels, whether that's because I'm working at home or because I'm not connected to the right people or whatever that is that's really what we're doing here is like connecting those when i see a fire coming alive in someone's eyes because they're either right in the beginning and they think i have a great idea but they believe in their heart that it's unattainable and then they get connected to just that first piece where it's oh i could take one step and be on the path that is amazing and it's the same with any of the work that we do with any of the businesses is they are farther along in that path, but they are sitting there feeling like I put a 10 year goal out there and it is like, it lives in my heart, not in my head. How do I connect those two things? And I think that's, that's the work we really want to start doing. Yeah. Great story with that. We had one of our tenants out here last week and he's like, I can't keep doing my, um, my books, I need someone to be able to come back. He went down and put three cards on his desk. You know, called these people and he went back and he found the one. He said, thank you for helping me with that. And so that's like a thing is where you go back and you might be able to listen and say, you know, I'm struggling with, you know, with branding marketing. We've got a branding company here. Let's go back and let's put you guys together. And that's something that like, you know, a landlord doesn't notice to say to do and things like that. So thoughts. Yeah, uh, it's true. And, you know, for me personally, I mean, for us to be, right next to uh, manpower and uh, you know, all these different recruiting agencies. Meanwhile, I'm working with kids on transition skills and get going from college or high school into the workplace. Uh, I mean, there's so many opportunities for collaboration and they're great people as well. And so um, again, just kind of cohabitating and being able to see them on a daily basis. It's, it's a, it's a real opportunity for connection. And the other thing is that we have a school here. So we got to get you over and introduce you to Catherine and, you know, kind of go back and take out the lunch and stuff like that. So one thing to kind of, as we get to the close here, uh, other different things. So what takeaways did, did you have from the, the conversation today? Uh, I mean, it was great to, to listen to Steve and really kind of get a, a better idea of what people are looking for. You know, we're all coming from very different industries, but, you know, there's a lot of common themes. And uh, for us to be able to kind of integrate those all together, it's, it's been a lot of fun. So I appreciate the opportunity. Steve, what thoughts did you have today? This has just been fabulous to actually meet the owner, the land friend, if you will, and his and his sidekick. His sidekick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so many landlords, especially with these large executive suite um, uh, operations, they're not they're not staffed by the owner. They're staffed by an employee who comes in at eight and leaves at five. They don't really care. Their job is to lease space, collect rent. That's pretty much it. Max six is so, so much different. That's why I love working with you guys. Yeah. Thank you for that. You bet. Kyle, any thoughts? I have, I have a question and for each of you, and it, it relates to the future of at least what you guys are working on and speaking to the future of work. What do you wish was better in the market, in the way that people work in how kids are growing up in their perception of the world how can how can each of us or collectively all of us put something together that's a more productive offering to helping with some of these issues we're having mike could like these kids that are coming through that are connected through video games and that's they don't have that community 
would it be interesting for them to talk with some entrepreneurs and learn about something other than just uh, the, I go to middle school, I go to high school, I go to college, I get a job, but hey, what is this whole entrepreneurship thing? And so how do, like, can we connect this more? What do you guys hope to get out of this in the future? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it it's a big part of what it is that I do, which is part of the reason why I have a monthly guest speaker. I mean, the one that we had this, this uh, month was she was here kind of talking about the effects of technology and social media on the adolescent brain. And so it was it was a great resourceful uh, information that she was able to give. My goal is to bring in some young entrepreneurs, some that, that might have um, really kind of overcame obstacles of learning differences or just like kind of starting with no money and then just really kind of making themselves, um, you know, others that have made big mistakes in their lives and have been able to kind of redeem themselves and, you know, those redemption stories. So an opportunity to uh, to be inspired. But if we have some that are already here in-house and we're able to kind of make those connections and get those uh, entrepreneurs in front of our kids, man, that would be that would be. We've great. got a 19 year old one here. Okay, so we're going to make it back and connect. There, that, we, go. Yeah, so. there we go. Yeah, it's like Steve. What thoughts do you have to that? Well, I'm thinking that leading by example, which is what everybody at this table is doing, is is critical. And in a few years, this work from home, I think, is going to die down a little bit because people are going to realize that they miss seeing their colleagues. They also miss getting promotions. Because employers know who's there, they know who they can count on. So I'm thinking now, you know, what Michael's doing, bringing in guest speakers and so on, and sharing sharing the wealth, because we all look a little bit different, we all have different experiences and backgrounds, and to be able to share that, with, especially with these young people. And also people who want to be entrepreneurs, come on, we live in America. Isn't that what it's all about? So let's, let's share the wealth, let's share our knowledge, and lead by example. Mike, someone hearing us says that, they, they might have a teen and they might need some help. How would that person be able to find you? Yeah, so you can go directly to my website, which is teamscoachingaz.com. And it kind of breaks down everything that I'm doing, tells a little bit about my background, the, the pricing structure, you know, the deliverables. And so, yeah, go check it out. And Steve, how about you? Sure. My website is uh, www.crossrealty, spelled C-R-O-S-S, Realty. Again, I only represent tenants and buyers of commercial property. So if you're looking for space, I'd love to hear from you. And Kyle, for, for Max6? Uh, Max6.com. That's the best place to go centralized. You can go anywhere from there. I'll just say uh, both Mike and Steve, thank you guys for what you do. And I consider both of you part of the Max6 community. It's not just this building. It's the extended connections and stakeholders that we have. And so you guys are doing great work and keep on doing it. And finally, I want to thank everybody who's listening out there. As we think more about the future of work, the three things here at Max 6 we want to focus on is flexibility, growth, and community. And if you're ever looking for space or you're looking for those things that are going to help grow your business, reach out to us. Thank you. And uh, it's been a pleasure today. But thank you, gentlemen. You're welcome. You've been listening to The Future of Work with Kyle McIntosh and Al Loveland. The business world is changing around us. Why not thrive in an environment of flexibility, growth, and community?